Hey yo, UGSK is in the building. That's right, the Underground Sports King Show here on Anchor. I'm your host, Dwayne Sutton. I got my brothers with me, man. You know what it is. I got Kales in the building. Hey, what up, what up, what up? Yeah, we got DT in the building. Yes, sir. What's happening? What's happening, my brothers? Man, it's good to have y'all. Unfortunately, Rose Mo's not here this week. He'll be with us shortly. But we're not going to stop bringing the heat. We got it coming. That being said, man, again, welcome to the Underground Sports Kings. And uh, we're here to get it done. We're here to get it popping, man. Um, I, again, thank y'all for tuning in for a whole other week. But this week, man, we got some special things to talk about. Of course, we're going to follow up on chapters or episodes three and four of The Last Dance. And uh, we're going to actually get straight to it. We're not even going to play around with this thing, man. We're going to actually start off with just two words. Dennis Rodman. Beast. <laughs> First of all, man, Dennis Rodman is a man to be respected. No matter what you may think about the hair, the tattoos, the piercings, the antics, Dennis Rodman is a monster. A monster. Let me go ahead and give you some quick facts on Dennis Rodman before we get into it. Uh, Now, here's the thing. Because Rodman's going to be Rodman, this is how it went. For the creators of The Last Dance, they requested an interview with Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman say, fine, i give you 10 minutes. <laughs> they said, okay, we're going to make it fun like Jordan would do to me. We're going to make it the best 10 minutes we can get. So he agreed to 10 minutes. Now, he was two hours late, showed up, and he requested, dig this, a tuna sub from Subway and chamomile tea. Now, <laughs> they said he treated it. I think, see, they, they, they kind of misplayed it. They said he treated like Chappelle treated the other guys when they sent him to go get some cookies. Uh, but that actually came from Diddy. Yes. Give respect. Cheesecake. When he had them boys walking <laughs> to, to Junior's for that cheesecake. Though. But anyway, that's what he compared it to. And it was more like, if you can make this happen, I'll buy it. So they, they went ahead. They, they obliged, fulfilled his request. He ended up sitting down with him for three hours. Dennis Rodman. Once he's in, he's in. I don't. I believe that he had that he always had intentions of sitting down for that. But he just. Wanted I to think know. he was just playing like, or it was really not not really a. He was just playing. It was more of a. All right, let me see if they gonna take this. I, I think it's not only that, but now because they did, they they also said it was tough to keep him on topic. He'd start talking off when they'd ask the question, stay on top, and then he'd veer off. Before you know it, he was back talking about uh, how you got what you got, Kim Jong Un. How you say his name? Oh yeah. <laughs> kept coming back to him. They really good friends. How he's gonna go down in history as one of the greatest men ever. Um, so they really kind of had an ADHD moment where he was just struggling to stay on topic. But again, this is Dennis Rodman in a nutshell. Um, but anyway, fun facts though. Rodman led the league. Played 14 seasons. Out of 14, he had seven straight seasons where he led the league. From 91 to 98. Now, here's the thing. Probably could have been longer than that. Because 91 is actually when he became a full-time star. Like, he, it was mid, midway through that second championship. The 90-91 season. I think that was when they traded uh, Dantley. We got to go back. Go back. Because he became a starter back in Detroit. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that second championship like they had in, uh, so in Detroit. Him. They traded uh, Dantley. And they brought in... Um, that was uh, Mark McGuire. Yeah. And uh, 
Walker Wyatt told him, he said, I think y'all need to start Dennis. Because the Rock, the Pistons weren't, they weren't playing as well as they were from it after, that, after that first championship. He told him, I think y'all need to start Dennis. And that's when Dennis really started. Playing. But I mean, as far as a full-time complete every season, um, seven straight season, it was the start of the 91-92 season. From there up until the 97-98 season. Seven straight seasons. Um, played 82 games, five consecutive seasons. Kawhi. You listening? Hello. It, it ain't. It ain't just him, right? NBA players today, you know, because y'all keep wanting to say compared to this era and that era, he he played five straight seasons of eighty-two games as an as an undersized power forward. Because keep in mind, he was like six eight, what two ten, two fifteen. Yeah, he wasn't heavy. No, he wasn't at all. He was country strong. Yeah. Um, and despite the Vegas retreat. What we saw on which we'll definitely get into that. But despite the Vegas retreat, did you know he still played 80 games that season? I know it made it seem like he was just gone forever today. Well, he see, only missed two games. Right. He only missed he only missed two games. And I think that was <laughs> I guess that was set up planning by him to look at the schedule and say, you know what, Pippin back, I'm gonna go ahead and take this break right here, cause we got two games in like six days. Well, it wasn't set up. That he he was really like if you re, if you remember he he had to buy into the fact that now you're not in third wheel. This is a bicycle, and uh, the front wheel needs that back. Yeah, you feel me? So Jordan had to get him to buy in. Uh, after he came to the room and like you said, I'm not big on apologies. Like, let me get a cigar. You got a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> This, this never comes to my room. <laughs> Somebody come to your room. I think that's. Um, you got some toilet paper. That's his, that's yeah, his way of saying uh, I have to. Is that your way of saying you sorry? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he showed it. Like he said, it's yeah. big on action. And he, he really he adapted to that role. He, he, he appreciated being appreciated by Jordan as somebody he could lean on. Well, Scotty came back and he was like, well, now nah, you don't really need me now. Man, I'm not really comfortable going back to this third wheel thing. I need a break. Yep. <laughs> he like uh like you boys say, when we break, we, we break. break. <laughs> you seen Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> but dig this though. Out of 14 seasons, last fact, he only scored double digits once. Second season in the league, 87-88, he used what, 11.1 points a game. To think of a man, I mean, like you got to think players who start and have a, a significant role as he did, as he does or did in the league. Nobody wants to average under ten points a game, right? He didn't care about that. Go back and look at those that ninety-one and ninety-eight season, man. Those seven consecutive seasons, he was averaging over eighteen rebounds a game. I think two of the out of the seven, over eighteen at six, eight, two, ten. Dennis right. Rodman, ultimate fire plug, man. Kale, I'm gonna start with you though. What you gather from from uh, from the documentary about Dennis Rodman, though? I think Dennis uh, likes to be in situations that are controlled, but I think he gets off on trying to. He's in control of the situation, but he makes it believe as though. He is something that can't be tamed or... He needs a controlled environment. Right. But... Well, to let them feel like they're in control. 
it's it's really like to let them feel like they in control. But it's to always like you got people that like to um they like to like pick at people, right? Yeah. Because you pick at them only to see what the response is going to be so that you can read them, so to speak. Dennis is basically reading the situation as he's creating like a lot of antics for everybody to think that this is who Dennis Robin is or Dennis Robin is not focused or Dennis Robin is not, you know, this. he's going to be a spectacle, whatever, whatever, only to get the response out of the people. But in all actuality, he's just kind of seeing exactly where his team is. He's letting them know exactly where he is when he comes on the court and lets them know, hey, I'm still in control, even though it may appear that I no, might no. not be. Um, you know what it reminds me of? You ever, you ever met a person uh, when they're single, they out doing whatever they want to do and they're really good at that? <laughs> yeah. Then they finally settle down and they, you know what, this is what I need. I need to have a woman in my life that's going to take care of me and do X, Y, and Z. Uh, I need to be married because when I'm single, I'm reckless. Right. Wow. I ain't got, I need to be, and that, that was a word that Michael used when he was talking about Phil. I think Dennis kind of did it. He married himself to the Bulls. He felt like he needed to be in that structure, well, as long as they wanted him there. Yeah. But he felt like he needed to be there because Michael, for some reason, I still ain't figured that part out, put hearts in the fear of men. Everybody was afraid of him. Now, if we're talking about competition-wise, cool. But just presence? Really? Like, he that's the one person he did not want to let down was Mike. But we're going to pause. I'm going to come to DT. Well, you know what? Mike, uh, Mike just said something that's actually, I think what really, what really signifies that is, you know, in terms of Dennis showing, you know, trying to read the reaction of everybody else. Is when Jordan talked about the Indian run situation. The perception is that Dennis just went off to went off to Vegas. He been out there drinking, doing God knows what. Man, he gonna come back. He ain't gonna be in shape. Now I gotta suffer and do this daggum Indian run because of him. And what did Jordan say? Soon as Robin gets to the front, he takes off. And it took them four laps to catch him. Now any athlete that's listened to this. Knows exactly what the Indian run is. Right. And you talk about something that will have you pissed off at teammates for a minute, like, bro. Oh, man. Like, dog. Yeah, you knew. He said, You, you yeah, knew for a vacation. If anybody needed a vacation, it was me. Right. Like, why in the world would you take off running like that? You know, we done already been at this for about a good mile and a half. And you just going to take off on a full sprint like that? Like, <laughs> that's like you get up in the morning and be like, you know what? I got to let the dog out and you got to go pee. And you can get up, them knees aching, them ankles aching. As soon as you open the door, he take off. He not going to the yard to go pee. Pee, dog. <laughs> Cat, dog, I don't feel like running out this. <laughs> dog, dog. Here we go. It's food in the bowl. He get, yeah, he, come, he get hungry. He come back. Then it took off, and there was no stopping. But <laughs> but in terms, like, really, the the thing that I focused on the most about the whole thing of him was Michael Jordan says. Dennis Rodman is the smartest player I've ever played with. Yeah. Now, when he said it, I don't know if I don't know if he said that in terms of the smartest player he ever played with on the Bulls or the smartest player I've ever played with. What you have to do in that is think about oh. everybody he's ever played with. Dream everybody, team. that in itself says enough. 
This dude is on possibly the greatest collection of players when with you, that 92 Dream Team. Well, and Jordan says it. he's the smartest player I've ever played with. You got to think about it. At 6'8", six, 210, six, and in the era he was in, as a power forward, he's battled Barkley. He's battled Malone. Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Like He's, he's battled some of the biggest and the strongest of the strong. But you got to have some kind of smarts. Like when you well, listen to him talk about how I was I was just going to say, when you listen to him talk about the angles of a rebound, yeah. like I know, not, not just the angles, it was the angles, the rotation of the shooter, where he's shooting from. He like, all that to, to know all that stuff, like, we're not talking about a play. That, that's that in itself is one of the things you try to like really instill in kids and who the shooter just, was because he knew the rotation exactly. Only, only like I said, that, that's one of the things you try to instill in kids. Like you don't have to be the most athletic, you don't have to jump the highest, you don't have to be the strong. It's just certain small things you have to do. If you box out, you've already put yourself in a position to get a basketball before everybody else. You know what? What's up? It reminds me of something one of our favorite coaches always say. Coach K, start in your role. Like, yeah. Dennis Robin is the epitome of what that is. Like, whatever your role be is, the be, be the best, be best of what you do. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be the best player on the team. If you the be- if you if you're a good shooter, be the best shooter. If you're a ball handler, be the best ball handler. If you're a good defender, be the best defender. Pay you don't need to do that. everything else. Now they they threw his stats up from what was it, Southeast Oklahoma State. Yeah, some school. Uh, Robin was twenty-seven a game in points. Right, right? he got a decent jump shot. If you if you notice, he just flat out he doesn't just, care. Yeah. yeah, like even when his by the time he his got, free by throw, the time he oh my Chicago god, stuff, he didn't care. If you actually watched him play in Detroit, yeah, he could have the ball. Yeah, he yeah. could pass the ball. He was a fairly good shooter. He had an offensive game. By the time he got to Chicago, he did. look, man, I'll, I know why what, I need I to be a scorer and I got a dude over here going to score thirty a game. I know. I know we're gonna get twenty five again. That's the thing. He when we talk about role players, I think that's the biggest thing in the world, man. Players, if you're listening, roles are important. Ain't nothing wrong with being spliff. Six man is important. Your rebounder, whether it's offensive and defensive, they're both important. Know your role. Shut your mouth. Eat your minutes and be the best of what you got. You'll make it. I promise. He in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that simply man. because of his defensive. Now I have heard somebody say that though. I um, wasn't Michael Wilbon. I can't remember who exactly, but they said David Aldridge, DA. Dennis Rodman is the best on ball defender. Yeah, he did ever. Yeah, he yeah. he said that. And when he when he said it, I actually paused for a second. Like, hold on, dog, you tripping? Then I had to think about it. If you take out, and I say take out, you know, later in Chicago, because of course that's when he got older. Look at look at Detroit years, San Antonio years, and I'm gonna say early Chicago years. Dennis Rodman guard one through five. Yeah, he guard one through five. I've seen him guard Magic. I've and seen him guard Worthy. I've very seen him guard few, Green. Very few people can say, "Oh yeah, I can guard one through five. Like that's one three. This man Sha- Sha- like that. Shaq is my dude. That man shut down Shaq. The most dominant player that NBA Mainly because has he, ever Shaq seen. Shaq was more focused on wanting to punch him than actually. <laughs> he's not to get in your skin. Hey, <laughs> like, still, like, how how you do it is how you do it. But I to shut down a dude about that. that's 320 pounds, 7'2", and literally can probably, I mean, could 
really move him with I mean, ease I, if he really I think wanted three to. Three being nice, but okay. It is. He about he, he about I'm three, four, three, three, four to three. Yeah, right. But I'm, but to shut that dude down at the time he did it. Now, mind you, we're not talking about last two years before he left my before he left to go to Miami. Shaq. we talking about uh, we talking about Orlando and early L.A. Shaq. You shut that shack down. I would say I get it. Um, but no, I, I I found I've always had a lot of respect. I'm I'm gonna tell you the most amazing portrait I've ever seen when it comes to sports. It's it's only a handful of them. You can think of some of the most amazing or iconic moments in sports and the actual photograph of it. But him stretching out for yep. that ball going out of bounds. I knew like he's flying in. through the air. That's one of the most selfless athletic plays. I have ever because when you see it, you automatically know nothing about this is going to end well. There's really less than a 50 50 chance of you even saving that ball because mm-hmm. that ball was more so on the other side of the line. Oh, no, nah, he was going to it was that. in the air, but it was more so on the other <laughs> side of out of bounds line. Yeah. So, even for him to save it nine times out of ten, or I say eight times out of ten, throwing the ball back, the ball's going to probably hit the line. But the fact that it was, I care that much. That I'm man, here to give as all a teammate, as a teammate, you can't run. You cannot wait to run over there to help him up. And that's why him and Michael work well. Yep. That's all Michael needed. I need somebody who's gonna sell out whatever it is they doing. Because we all know that frustration was on his face when y'all won't even run simple plays. Like I need yep. some motion in here, something. Y'all really just standing around waiting on me to get a bucket. This is ridiculous. I thought y'all was supposed to be players. That 20 rebound stat was amazing to me, too. The, what, the, the 20 and no points? 20 and no points. I think they said he had, like, he had 20, 20 of those. And the closest was Marcus Camby with two. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was up there. But Mar- yeah, I knew Marcus Camby wasn't. But two. I knew he had one. I didn't know he, he had The two. closest with two. And this man got, like. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the exact number that Robin had. But it was, like. It was more. It was more than ten. I know that, but the closest person is two. Yeah, but that shows that they don't make them like you. They really don't. Everybody want to be a star. That's why you see stretch fours come along, and everybody want to get buckets. You know, big men want to learn to shoot threes. Steph Curry missed the league. I ain't gonna say messed it up, <laughs> but he definitely changed it. Um, we are beyond the time, but I still want to get this one topic in before we go to break, though. So, they did talk about Dennis Rodman, but they also talked about earlier Dennis Rodman, which introduced us into the series of the Detroit Pistons. That 88, 89, 90, 91 Detroit Pistons team. Um, the back-to-back champions. And they're, well, I'm going to say this much. I want to ask y'all this much. Is there anything about the Pistons that you learn that you didn't know or that you may have gained an appreciation for or even lost respect for. I want to start with you, DT. Um, I didn't learn anything new. Uh, I'm assuming that by now everyone has seen the 30 for 30, uh, the Bad, the Boys, Bad Boys edition. So, you know, you probably already knew everything. Uh, the only thing I will say is really about when they lost. There's a part of me that agrees with uh with Isaiah because what he said if you go back and watch it that's exactly what right. you know what the uh, that's what the Celtics did to them 
it will, it's basically the passing, you know, of the torch of, you know, like, bro, pit for, for the Celtics, yo, we had this for such and such amount of time. Y'all got it now. You know, you, you don't, nobody stands in the ring while, you know, the person that just knocked you flat on your behind does they victory dance and get their belt and they interview and everything. No, I don't want to be here. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a leave. It's, you Mike know, it's Tyson did, you know, all praise to Allah. You know, he was a better man today. Because Mike Tyson didn't really lose. Nevertheless, Look, um, the fact of the matter is that yeah. I, I I got what he was saying in that time. No, nah, man, we you know we don't shake hands. Jordan did it. Yes, that's that's cool. People have to realize Jordan came along 84, 85. Like you literally towards towards the back end of all of everything, especially by the time he really got in the playoffs. It's the back end of everything that has already gone on. So it's a little, it's a it's a little different. Don't that does not mean I like it. I will I, I've always said to me, a person who is my wife tells you I'm a sore loser. She'll say I'm a sore loser. I don't believe that. I just say I don't like to lose. If you, sh- I get who said that, but show me a person who likes to lose. I show you a loser. It's that simple. Like that was um. Might have been Cam that said that. Um. I, I think saving. But that's the truth. If you show me, if you show me a person who can handle. Losing, I'm going to show you a person who's a loser. Like that's Nick saying. You're not supposed to like losing. It's supposed to bother you. Because if it don't more? bother you, then it doesn't mean anything to you. I'm not saying like I said, I'm not saying that what Isaiah them did was cool. I'm just saying I do somewhat get it. That's the only thing that was the only thing from the piston stand from the piston standpoint that, you know, I took away from that. Kells, I'm gonna swing it to you, man. What you what did you gain? Or what, if, if there was information you gained, uh, did you lose any respect on anything? Was there anything you just learned that you didn't know? Um, it was nothing I don't think I did. Well, I'll take that back. For the most part, I'm well versed on, on the Pistons and they run. Um, what I didn't know was the whole passing of the torch between what happened with the Boston Celtics and Detroit. Now, the interesting thing about this is Let's take a look at what the Boston Celtics represents. Right. Okay. The Boston <laughs> Celtics going the is technically, I'm not going to say they're a clean club, but the appearance of what that is, because they're representative of what that era of Boston was, which was a majority white team, guys that can play ball, play together, and they were an excellent team, a group of Hall of Famers, like, the list can go on. And then we look at the bad boys. And it's, you know the, the, the names is even different for that matter. But the right. bad boys is a team the angels predominantly black people. Right. And Predom- yet everybody except for black. And yet the only story that was ever heard or the team that gets talked about the most in such a negative light, so to speak, happens to be the bad boys. That was something that was interesting to me. Um, and I'm not saying that anybody's <sighs> racist. I said that was, a, that, was, that was a race undertone with that, but I went, I, yeah, it was. But there's history behind a lot. There's history behind Boston City, as we know from Bill Russell days. So, I just feel like, you know, it was kind of odd 
that uh that was never like really brought up beforehand. I'm gonna say this. Um, I'll be quick about it. It's a you could it's I put it like this, that's low hanging fruit to say it's racist. Because Michael Jordan had made the comment of uh, the game before he swept them out was that the Pistons were terrible champions and that they were bad for basketball. And if you really want to break it down, it's this. When you think of the Celtics, yeah, the Celtics were dirty. Well, I ain't going to say dirty, but they were scrappy. They they fight with you and everything. Bird knew how to get his skin. It was the reason why he called a jab from Dr. J. But that was not who they were. The Celtics played a better brand of basketball. It was all about team chemistry. When you think about the fundamentals of basketball, that's who they were. They were the fundamentals. Pass, defense, shoot. You feel me? Rebound, box out. Um, the Pistons had the capabilities of doing that. But when you think about the Pistons brand of basketball, you thought about more so bracing yourself. Do I have pads on? Uh, how are my ribs really feeling today? You didn't you weren't really worried about whether or not they were gonna re work focus on their fundamentals and how because they were good at that. Don't get me wrong. They were one of the first offenses to really run a three-guard rotation uh, with Dumars, Thomas, and um, Vinny Johnson. Johnson. And so, like, they could put they could put points on the board, but that wasn't really what they were known for. They were more known for their bad brand of basketball. You were going to take a beating that day. I mean, it was going to be ugly. They were going for boards, setting screens. This is who they are. Now, some people saying they only did that for Jordan. Uh, no, that's, that was how they played. That's just how they played. That was the brand Tough. of basketball. Um, and so that's why when you look at it, you say, all right, if I have a skill set and I'm good at what I do, basically, they were on, when you listen to them, when they broke down stuff about how they played Jordan, they knew they were not on his level. Of course. Nobody was. So I have to even the playing field. Uh, I got to create a slippery slope for you to make it. So I still have some kind of chance of winning. And that's what they did. Everybody else didn't think that way. Pistons didn't mind going though. But I'm not going to say it was a race thing. It's just, but here's my issue. When you get beat, I, if I lose to you and we had a competitive fight and, 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 and I just took an L, I take my L, I shake your hand and I'm out. I agree with that, yeah. But if I lose to you, and you got away with dirty blows. You call, you call some cheap shots in when the ref wasn't looking, and it kind of sloped, it slanted the fight. I don't, I don't respect that because you flat out, we out here to, to analyze and do our thing, and you basically because you felt like you couldn't have box me, decided you was gonna play dirty. So maybe the Celtics looked at it like, all right, we lost to them finally, you know, whatever, cool, I'm out because of who they were. Jordan didn't really care. Who it was, he really had a a golden boy image, and it was like, right. all right, if uh, I'm taking L's, even though I'm on TV, y'all see me getting beat down. I have a steel shot. He went in the air. Isaiah's on his back, going for the ball over the top of him. Rodman is not even jumping. He's standing there on the ground, one foot on on the palm of his feet, just standing with his hand up like this. But he got a knee jacked up in there in Jordan's crotch. With Isaiah on top of him coming down on top of that knee. This is what Jordan dealt with constantly with them. When you see it, it's like, that's not basketball. 
I know basketball can get physical, but that's not basketball. But you know what? That's not like some stuff you do in the WWE when they catch you slipping in the tag team matchup, your partner got knocked out. Right. That's what it looked like, bro. But a lot of that took place in the 80s, though, because it wasn't really just Detroit that was. That was the first thing. Basketball. That was the first thing you thought of, though, when it came to. When you think of the Celtics, the Lakers, the Sixers, you would think of who had what skill sets, who was good at what. Who was who was the strong like when you had Daryl Dawkins and them playing? I mean, you knew who who had what when you thought right. of the Pistons. Man, look, we had a rough night last night. I, my body's sore. I don't know if I can take this. You was and, already worried about how physical it was going to be. And I think that's the that's the narrative that the media created. That's why. Yeah. I mean, is it easy to say it was a race thing? Yeah, it's it's easy to say, but it's all, to me, it's also the truth. We not finna sit here at like I mean. What's the uh the it's a the the um um the scene it's a basketball play where one of the Lakers do he damn near get clotheslined and that what that oh, was a, that was Lakers Ram, Rambis. that was Lakers oh, yeah, so yeah. that was yeah, Lakers, Lakers that's, yeah, okay that's like Detroit is not Detroit ain't nowhere in that how many, there are right. other there are that was it Detroit I mean Boston they could be physical I'm not saying that they could. But when you thought of their brand of basketball, that's not who you thought of. But brand of basketball is pushed by what he said is a narrative. Yeah, you know, the narrative about, about them was the this is this is how they are. This is what they do. Why? Because we got you know, like I said, it's not not only it's it's also those type of players. Look at Isaiah. Where did Isaiah come from? Chicago. Look at look at uh, Aguirre came from Chicago. Dumars. Who who he is? Where he where he came from? Like these are these are all these are all players who came from certain type of areas. So you already have that stigma. We don't put them. We don't put this team together. And now, right. oh, they the bad boys. Let me just be real. Here's the thing that rubbed me the wrong way about it. It's one thing y'all walking out of here and y'all doing this directly in front of them while they standing in front of me. Isaiah actually looked like he trying to. Isaiah looked like he was trying to hide. That 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 never sat right with me. Like that's true. Isaiah looked like he was trying to hide. If you gonna do this, you know what I'm saying. If I'm walking, I'm just gonna walk out. The fact that you look like you trying to duck and hide behind the taller players because you shamed of what you're doing. However, I will say this. That let me know if the Chicago players really cared, they walk right past your y'all bench. Why didn't none of y'all be like, hey, good game, good game, good game, good game? Why y'all? Why didn't none of them say anything? If you really care, to me. Let's be honest. If, if I'm a know. Chicago player, I don't care. You know why? Look at the score. All right. I, I just swept y'all off the playoffs. Grant, I just beat Horace the Grant, off y'all. Horace Grant made it known. They didn't care. It just really, it, it, it justified what they had already known, what they felt. They knew they were the better team. And if we actually just played basketball instead of wrestling out here, we can beat y'all easy. It's not a problem. They were still, no, no, but at no, the same no. time. They were still wrestling. But but at the same time, oh still, yeah, because no, they were still wrestling. Let me tell you something. I understand for Pippen to be mad as long as he like Rodman had to apologize for that. Because what they didn't show you was when he got shoved in his back and ended up just kind of sitting there for a minute, just steaming basically. Oh yeah, he got gashed under his chin, had yeah. to get stitches. So Rodman like, and you can see it, he called the fight and you just shoved him in his back while he's already out. That's they were they were still doing the same thing. The difference though. So let's go ahead and get to this part. As as I've said, we, in my personal opinion, we can now shut down the entire conversation about LeBron and Jordan. Hey, it was never a discussion for me. Jordan got beat twice right. by the Pistons. Mm-hmm. After the second time, what does he do? 
I'm gonna go get Scotty. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get Horace. No, no. I'm gonna Scotty go get gonna Paxton. Go we're gonna get. We're gonna get everybody. We're gonna take our behinds to the gym. Damn. We're gonna spend time in his weight room. We're gonna spend time in his gym. Then we're gonna go back to the weight room. We're gonna be mentally and physically prepared for everything they have to bring next season. LeBron gets beat. Let me call Dwayne Wade. Man, I need. I need to go join somebody. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. What you do is you get your team together and say, we will not get our butts beat like this not again. Not only that, Y'all going to get tough. You ain't never heard anybody ever come out and say, Michael Jordan quit. All right. I understand Dan Gilbert had a beef, but if you watch that game, and I mean, like you could see it, LeBron was checking out. But. Yes. That's, dude, nobody. This man took off his jersey in the walking through the tunnel. It said right then, you really wasn't there. You really did not care. Whatever. I'm gone anyways. The fact is that, like I said, when Jordan got beat, he took it and then sit and said, "Guess what? We gonna get, we gonna get better. We gonna get better." He ain't no join nobody. He he ain't call up two two Hall of Famers. And I mean, people fail to realize that when it when it come to the LeBron thing and him going to Miami, he didn't just go play with two good guys. Oh man, Dwayne Wade is, in my opinion, a top five shooting guard of all time. So you didn't just go play with just any old, you know, two really good players. No, you went to play with a all-time great and Chris Bosh, who was a 20 and 10, 20 and 12 guy in Toronto and very well could be a Hall of Famer if he had been able to continue to play. You went and joined them. And that, them? Was, D, that was D-Wade who just came off of carrying Shaq and, and Zoe and them because honestly... And the officials, they, <clears throat> it was a lot of iffy calls, I'm going to say. But D-Wade did his thing, and he did it before LeBron did. Yeah. He found a way to win. And I get a lot of people sleep on that, that Dallas team. D-Wade handled his business, bro. That was a nice Dwayne Dallas Wade team, took over. Game two on. Game two on, he took over. We're going to pause right there, man, because we're going to come back. We're going to take a little quick commercial break, a little water break. Uh, we're going to come back, get into some more of the last dance, and then, uh, people, people, we're going to talk NFL draft. The Shields! Yeah, we're going to talk some recap, man, because some some things happened in that draft. Or didn't happen in that draft. That left my head, made me scratching my head, I don't know. But anyway, we'll be back here on the Underground Sports Kings is Kales, yep. DT, yes, sir. and the Wolster, man. We'll be right back. At this time, we're taking a break from the Underground Sports King show that I do hope you're enjoying to bring you other podcasts that you might be interested in. With that being said, this is a black media movement, so allow me to introduce to you Black With No Chaser podcast that is hosted by TK, Tyrus Kennedy. We also have the Shade and Shit Talking podcast hosted by TK himself as well. Next, we have the Unapologetic Experience hosted by Mr. Jarius Thomas. And Mr. Jarius Thomas and TK, they combine to make the culture sports. That's right, and occasionally if you pay attention and listen closely, occasionally the one and only Wolster might make an appearance. Oh, Lord, what they gonna do with it? And uh, finally, we have the I Am Woe podcast. All shows are available on all major platforms. Make sure you continue to support the black media movement as we continue to support and bless you. Thank you. We love you.
Yes, sir. We are back here. The Underground Sports Kings. DT. Yes, sir. Kale. Uh-huh. The Wolsters in the building, and you know we got to come back. We got to tap into that last sense. But before we do, we do want to let you know the Underground Sports Kings and the I Am World Podcast is on Anchor amongst other platforms. Make sure you are tuning in. Spread the word. Check it out, man, for yourself. Hey, man, we here to help to help people, but at the same time, we got a little attitude with it. We're going to play around with it, and we're going to also be ourselves. This is where we're going to be ourselves and just flat out cut up because uh, sports is what we do, right? Yes, sir. This is what it is. This, this in the bloodline right here. Man, this is this what it is. So make sure you tune in in, check it out, pass it on, you know, send the message. The links is out there, man. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, just find the Underground Sports King. Underground Sports Kings. Or, you know, you search hashtag UGSK. We ain't hard to find. Um, Kales, what can he find you at, man? Hey, man, I'm on IG, man. Kales 10 toes down, man. Go check me out. Yeah. DT. All uh, social media platforms. Taylor Boy 02. Taylor Boy B O I 02. There you go. That's what it is. All right, now, so let's go ahead and get back. We're going we're gonna to try to go ahead and wrap up this last dance. We definitely want to get into this NFL draft. But I did have questions I wanted to ask y'all, though. Based off of what we saw uh, from the last dance, episodes three and four. Um, first question, though. Kels, I'm going to come at you. Now, there's been talk about whether or not Jordan could score 40 in today's game. <laughs> in this era and there have been some people who said that's flat out ridiculous that's disrespectful players have evolved they're faster they're stronger uh the pace of the game is is faster uh no way jordan gonna be able to get up 40. to that what do you say yeah, y'all been looking at man. Let me tell y'all something. <laughs> Let me tell you. You're right. It's definitely disrespectful. You say he can't average 40. He probably averaged 50. All right? <laughs> Let me tell you something. You got James Harden out here who averaging close to 40, by the way. I think he was, what, 36, 37 a game this season? Yeah. yeah. He was at one point. Exactly. Before Capella got out of there. Let me tell you a little something about Jordan. If y'all ain't, if y'all ain't see the highlights, Jordan ain't slow. Nope. All right? He got a jumper. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid-range. And let me tell you what. The most biggest thing he can do, or the, the biggest thing he can do is knock some free throws down. In this area, where y'all call him fouls, he could be at the free throw line shooting 20 free throws a game. Man, I'm be real with you. Ain't too many people out here protecting the rim that strong. You got the, what's the big Afro dude out of uh, Brooklyn? Oh, Jared Allen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but ain't nobody really just protect. I mean, like, he had some rim protectors he was still getting up over. And when you talk about attacking a basket, hey man, Jordan is the best at it, and one of the quickest with a first step, yeah, and the most acrobatic. Let me tell you something. If you go back and look at how long my man hangs in the air and creates a shot in the air, <laughs> and then I want you to look at some of these cats today and tell me who can do it like Jordan did. Man, they go up and get lost. They ain't got a shot. They lost. They gonna throw the ball off somebody quick, like DT. What's your opinion on that, man? Okay, so I'm a. Uh throw a monkey wrench in this and I'm gonna say that he could not this is why I'm gonna say he could not Jordan's game was not predicated on getting fouled James Harden scores the way he does because his game is predicated on it exactly 
James Harden scores the way he does because his game is predicated on getting fouled. But that's also Jordan because... Jordan did not make moves to get fouled. But that's, James Harden make moves to get fouled. But James Harden could literally, like, he'll shoot 32 shots and he'll, like, like make eight of them. But he going to go to the free throw line But Jordan ain't going to go. Times. Jordan ain't going to go no eight for 32. I mean, like, he didn't have some bad games, but he ain't going to do that, that consistently. That's true. He, he's not going to do that, but what I'm saying is... Well, he, he shot, what was it, 18 free throws against the Celtics? That was also in a double overtime game. Still. But it was also <laughs> That's a game double overtime. That they don't call fouls in like that. So, they call fouls to everything. Especially as high as long as he hangs in that air. If you can't stay out there with him, but you're still trying to defend him, you're gonna foul him. But I just I don't think he would be going to the line as much. I mean, well, we'll we'll say this. Jordan is a, he was a very smart player. Will he? Would his game change knowing that? Probably. He would probably make it to where, okay, fine, y'all gonna call them fouls and I'm gonna get them fouls all the time. But prior to, like, you know, Jordan, 80s and 90s, his game was not, you know, oh, I'm gonna go to the line. Like I said, you, you looking at certain players today, dude, James Harden makes a move to get fouled. The move is only to get fouled, it ain't to score. It ain't to get a shot up. It's literally for you to foul him. That's that one man. But I'm gonna say this: I'm he ain't gonna, the only one. I'm gonna he's say he's not that. the only one. He he he's one of the, the latest. He's I, the biggest to me. Ginobili, really, he got him. Ginobili. I, I've always said they were pretty much just different shades. Ginob- of his Ginobili, okay, but see, Ginobili is there's a difference. Ginobili is a flopper. He does flop. The move is not, but he does not make a move predicated on you calling the foul. He would do stuff. Where you would bump him and he would exaggerate the bump. James Harden say what? To get a foul. Okay. But that's because you bumped him. He wants to make it known that you bumped him. James Harden goes, he literally goes to the basket with his arm stuck out, swing his arm into yours, knowing he can't get a shot up. Man, we're not gonna even get as much because time. Because I picked the ball up <laughs> going towards the rim. It's a foul. Stop, stop, stop. stop. Let me tell you right now, I'm highly offended. We James Harden's even got this much time on the show because one thing I can't stand is his game with the whole trying to. And that's why. So for that reason, but I'm not going to say Jordan can't because of that. Because his game, because his game is literally based on scoring and not getting fouled. I would say I don't think he would average forty. He would get close, but I don't think he would. I can't. I want to say he can, but I can't definitively say he can't. Well, say he can't. What that he can because of this. Because of what we were just talking about with his game, his style of game, I literally just watched Melo age out of a game because the game passed him. It was more, are you going to shoot the three? Uh, no, we're not working out the post like that no more. And I know those are things that Jordan loved to work out of the post. Kobe loved to work out of the post. You know, that footwork was everything to them. That contact was everything to them because that's how they knew how to get you off balance. They could read your position. They basically was going to eat you alive with that. Now, so they, because I saw Melo get aged out of the game with that. Now, granted, what he's doing now, that's because he actually went back and started working on that three-point shot some more. I think Jordan is probably the, the, the most competitive person I've ever witnessed play the sport of basketball. So he probably would have in, improved on that shot, you know, in this day and age. He, and he's, so I'm, see, he still could get that 40. But if anybody has a chance of scoring 40, that's the one man that I'm saying, you know what, I'm not going to doubt him. He's kind of like in that situation. I'm, it's like Belichick. I'm, 
Like you might want to, but I, I can't go against him on that. Nah, I can't. He averaged thirty seven in one year. And, and, and that was time. they weren't shooting threes at that point in yeah. time. That's what I said. So I know and, and now here's the thing, I've heard people talk about that pace thing. The pace was fast back then too. I don't know what y'all were watching, seriously. Because again, game. when we were talking about the Pistons, the Pistons had one of the most high scoring games in the NBA history. It was like I think they had one eighty two. I don't remember that. It was up there. It was almost yeah. like an all star game. But that thing was up the Pistons have done so, but the pace of basketball back then it was very fast paced. They just right. weren't shooting three balls. That's like it. That. That's the only reason Larry Bird isn't one of the best, one of the, right. the, 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 the leading three point king. <laughs> He's still one of the most deadliest shooters from anywhere on the court, but at the same time, he wasn't shooting threes like that back then. Um, but we're going to move on from that. I do want to have one last question. Since we, speaking of, we gave that much time to James Harden, I figure we can give someone to actually. Who maybe deserves a little bit more. Not a whole lot more, but a little bit more. We always saying that because of who but, we play with right now. So now <laughs> we're talking about putting Jordan in this era, the quote-unquote GOAT to, you know, these new kids these days and age, is none other than LeBron James for, for the Lakers. So if we took LBJ and put him back in the physical play of the late 80s era, would you still think LeBron could be the GOAT? Or be great? I'm gonna tell you this. One, I think he'll be, I think he'll be one of the greats. Maybe not the great, right? Um, because you know, you think about the eighties and like there were more than just one great guy. You got the greatest, and then you got a, a number of other great players. I'm not gonna take away from LeBron's greatness, but I don't think he's gonna be the greatest. He's not gonna be the GOAT. Because I think one of the things, um, I would say his free throw shooting is not the best. And then when you look at LeBron in a sense, um, and putting him in a physical game, and LeBron's a physical specimen. So that, that's one reason why I say I, I think he could handle, you know, getting beat up a little bit. But the only thing about it is, is him going to the free throw line possibly more. Um, and I was right when he shoot like sixty something percent. Right. Is That's why I laugh. Like not the best. He's, His free throw is horrible. <laughs> he has the horribly. Most if you notice LeBron is the only player that I know currently that is comfortable taking fadeaway three pointers. What's well, his game? That's, but, he practices a shot. But that's I think he does that because he really truly believes the strength that he has shooting that ball. He's never going to have the touch he needs if he wants to actually have the touch he needs from that deep. Which he also, that's why he was kind of getting his rhythm together at the free throw line, going through that motion. He has to pull back his physical frame to actually use the touch in his wrist. Because just leaning into a shot like Steph does, like almost hit, like here the upper half of Steph would be over the three-point line. But leaning into it like Steph has just, it's the touch in his wrist. It doesn't matter. But LeBron is, that's a big, have you seen the recent photo of him? Yeah, no, he He's he's he, a big dude. He look like Baby Hulk right now. He, no, he, he look. I ain't gonna lie. Somebody said this. He was like, I thought because of the beard he growing, like it looked like Kimbo Slice. <laughs> <laughs> he got his wild man look, but the boy is cut up. Yeah, nah, he cut. And I don't think he's. I think there are guys bigger than he is. Like I think the biggest thing is that he's really cut. He's six eight. And he do got some weight on him because he got that weight and he cut, you know, he looks bigger. Like I think he would have been forced to play out of position because he's naturally by brain, by talent, skill set, he's a point guard in the forward's body. But if 
as big as he is in that era, oh, you're going to have to guard Carmelo. You're going to have to guard Charles Barkley. I'm not letting you out of here with that. Because there's nobody on our team that's big as you. Well, I mean, he would be Magic. Really? <laughs> Straight. But Magic wasn't having to guard them. Magic wasn't that. He wasn't, he, he no, was that. He wasn't having to, but being having the benefit of being able to do that is just Because I think LeBron place. was at one point was like 270. He was close, maybe like two seventy five. Yeah, he was up there. He was he was Zion without you know, I mean, with a few more inches. Yeah, but he was, but he was literally mostly you know, build as opposed yeah, to any just real. In your, like, in your he might have only had you know four or five percent body fat or something like that. He, I mean, he was a big dude. Just yeah, he was Carmelo, cut up. Carmelo's a punisher. That that have been some elbows used on catch. And that's <laughs> that's the definition of country strong right there. Ooh. <laughs> Carmelo, like he right. was but anyway, <laughs> like he used to move animals. Carmelo blew Twitter up because they found out who he was. They found out about <laughs> his history, his dirty secrets. We ain't gonna go there, but you know, God bless. Uh, I'm praying for that, brother. Anyway, um, but now uh, we're gonna go ahead and and I do want to say this, man. Episodes five and six will be coming up, uh, this this Sunday, and uh, apparently, I think episode five itself, y'all brace yourselves, but that's dedicated to COVID. So he's gonna uh, he's gonna go there. Gonna yeah. take us on that emotional roller coaster. So uh, what you got, man? All right. So my my thing about the the LeBron in the eighties thing, I think he'll be able to play in the eighties. Um, he'll be like you know like Kel said, he'll be one. He would still be one of the great players. Um, but to me, I, he will never. He'll never be even a top three of the greatest players of all time. I did see something, um, saw it somewhere, and I just I, I want I want people to hear this, and then I'll explain why why this is crazy. The comment is when MJ had when Mike Jordan had two Hall of Famers, he played a total of twelve Hall of Famers in the playoffs between ninety five and ninety eight. LeBron played ten future Hall of Famers in two thousand twelve alone. Now. I will explain why this comment is so stupid in itself. Back then, Hall of Famers were spread all through the NBA. Nowadays, I got four of them on one damn team. Yeah. So, if I'm in the conference with them, now mind you, last last uh last week on last week's episode, if y'all haven't heard it, go back and listen to the UGK uh UGSK. UGSK um, episodes one and, uh, one and two of the last dance. We talked about uh, we talked about the people that the people that Jordan played, but also how bad like how bad the Eastern Conference was like the first year he got into the playoffs. They got into the playoffs. Chicago got into the playoffs. What thirty eight wins or something like that? That was maybe thirty two. And I want to say if you listen to it, I made the comment. That ain't too far off from what it is now. Because they still have 50 losses. The Eastern Conference now, your <laughs> top three or four teams are good. Everybody else is like, can you crawl there? Mm-hmm. Not walk there, but can you crawl? If you can crawl there, we it's almost like first come, first serve with <laughs> you'll see what with five, six, seven, and eight. Like under five. You got here first. <laughs> but they but they'll have like maybe 40 wins, 42 wins. But that, like I said, that's this how boys the, had thirty-two. <laughs> that's how the Eastern Conference is now. It's set up to where 
you got three, four, five guys, really good players on one team. Back then, it was not like that. So if you were to take LeBron, put him in the 80s, it would have been the same thing where he didn't play against these type of players, especially when they say through 95, 95 through 98. Remember, Charles Barkley went and joined the Houston Rockets. Who was on the team? At he the time. was old. He exact, that, but see, that's exactly my point. Players didn't stay to where you have two or three Hall of Famers on almost every single team. It's five on one team. So they were 30. And that, they had 32. It was mm -hmm. 30 and 52. Hey. But like I said, I, I say that to say that, yeah, if you take LeBron, you put him back in the 80s, man, will he be a good player? Yes. I'm not going to say, oh, he wouldn't make it in the 80s with the way they played. No, nah, he LeBron is a big dude, man. We, we, we he's smart and he'll know right. how to adjust. He does the stuff that he does now. LeBron now is like the child you have at your house. They do what they can get away with. Until you change it, I'm going to keep doing exactly what I've been doing. I'm, I'm going to go ask mommy. She say no. Well, I'm going to go ask daddy. And he say yes. Then we're going with what daddy said. All right. Let me just go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, do I think he'd be great in the 80s? No. I think he'd be good. Um, I think he'd be better than players like James Worthy. Um, I think he would have a tough time having to deal with a guard players like Carl uh, Malone, Charles Barkley, because Charles Barkley was an undersized power forward. But he never let anybody stop him from a rebound, from scoring. Um, the mound round of rebound. I think he'd have trouble defending in the post against those players who – Actually, that's what their game was predicated on. Back to the basket, basketball. Um, but they had rules set up for those players. True. There yeah. are NBA rules set up for... There's a no-isolation rule in the NBA. Thank you, Michael Jordan. There is a no... You cannot back down for more than five, five seconds. seconds. Thank you, Charles Barkley. There are rules for these players. And Magic. Yes. There are rules <laughs> set up for oh, these guys. Like, y'all are cheating. We, that's illegal basketball. He just bagged me down 20 feet. I don't think that's fair. For 15 seconds. That's, that's cheating. Like, there's rules. But they got to shut up before the play clock ends, so we're going to take it for what it is. But anyway, um, but nah, that's the way I figure it. But anyway, uh, five and six episodes air Sunday. Um, again, brace yourselves for five because they've already kind of let it be known. That's going to be the Kobe segment. Um, Buzz Laker fans, it's going to be bittersweet. Yeah. Um, we always love to see Kobe be Kobe. We always love to see. We knew Kobe viewed Jordan as the big brother, so you get to see the little brother, big brother, uh, have their exchanges. You know, like when they pass each other during a Hall Star game and, and get a little love taps on the butt. And that's the respect, man. You know what I'm saying? Like little brother had love for the big brother, and big and big brother had love for him. You know. So, uh, but you get to see the rise and the the meteoric rise. I would say. Of Kobe Bryant through the eyes of Michael Jordan. And uh it's gonna be special. Y'all make sure y'all tune in for that. Um we're gonna go ahead and get this thing kicked off though. NFL 2020 draft. And man, there was some things happening. Now, let me go ahead and make this known. You have some favorites here. Uh the Wolster Hill Coast fan, Kales. 
ain't really a fan too much, but I'm going to always support the home team. So, you know, I'm rocking with the Falcons. Okay. When you in the A, when you in the A, yes, sir. BT is already, as you can tell, a Falcons fan. So, yeah, my wife is probably about to set the house on fire, so we need to hurry up. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I love you, Jazz. I love you, sis. But anyway, man, and I'm not going to say those two words. I will not. I love you too, baby, but I'm not saying that. Sorry, they're going to take my tone for that. Um, But I want to start with you, DT. What was Atlanta, what was Atlanta's, your favorite pick for Atlanta in that draft? It would have to be, hands down, my man from Auburn. I knew that one. Hey, look, hey, no, we don't say No, I'm saying. Because Marlon Davidson, like, all right, straight up. We got all cards out on tape. When this man was at, when he did the combine and he did the interview portion of the combine, that right there, when he said that, I actually was scared and was like, okay, they finna arrest him because I don't think you really supposed to say this on TV. They asked this man, what is his favorite thing about ball? And he literally said, I can abuse a man the entire game. I ain't going to be on no headlines. I ain't going to never get arrested. I can come back and do it the very next play. I can do this over and over again. This when like he, a man, he when he been said, in jail before. When he said I was like, okay, so. Now he doesn't sound like he's been in jail before. Bro, when they, when they drafted him, if I was not over 30, I would have started doing backflips. Because like, immediately I'm like, we drafted a straight savage. And if I put this man, and I'm sorry, y'all know I hate that word, but yet that's how I felt. You put this man next to, uh, you put him next to uh, Jared, Grady Jared, bro, the, in, the interior of this line now is set. Like, let's go. Let's go get it now. Oh, for those of y'all who have not called up uh, from the IMO podcast, the, the word that he said was savage. Not very fond of that. But anyway, go back to the IMO podcast. Check that out. You'll understand why I said that. Right. But the fact that you can you pair these two up now, mind you, look at what we look at what you have now in the NFC South. You have the greatest quarterback of all time, in my personal opinion. And no, it's not the guy in Tampa Bay. It's the one in New Orleans. You have him who still to this day gets it done. You have Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You have whoever the the I'm assuming Bridgewater is going to be their starting quarterback. It he better is. be. He is. Who is, when they he came out. They didn't pay him that money to sit on the bench. And when he came out, he should have been drafted by them stupid people up there in Cleveland. But, oh, no, he didn't throw the ball well in his pro day. So, I don't like, yeah, but he did it all through his college career. It is. That's what you get. That's why he stuck with the one that, anyways, we're not going to go there. Nevertheless, this is what you have in NFC South. You have to deal with this. Twice a year. That's you better you better find a way to get pressure up the middle. I love that pick. Thank you, Atlanta Falcons. We will see if Thomas Dimitrov has finally drafted a good defensive player besides Grady Jarrett and Debo. Kales. I'm right there with DT, man. Uh Marlon Davidson was the big pickup. Um one, the Falcons need to Defensive line, man, uh, we got to get to the quarterbacks, man. That's that's the most important thing on the defensive end. Um, obviously, we need some 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 coverage players in, in the back and them safeties and the cornerbacks. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if you got somebody rushing the quarterback, make them make tough decisions, quick decisions, that's already a plus. And, you know, I'm an 
Auburn fan as it is. So, you know, my guy straight from the AU, War Eagle. You know what I'm saying? I know he was getting after it in college, so I expect nothing but better things from him in the NFL. Hey, man, I like that. I like that. I, I, I give you that, and I know that was hometown for you because that's, that's your people, War Eagle. I give you that. Um, I was proud of my coach. I was really well. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have a pick in the first round at all, so I have to sit back and watch all this talent go by. But then I saw we had two picks, what, 10 spaces apart. I said, okay. Yeah, and early in the second round. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we actually had the second pick in the second round. And with that, we took, for some reason, he was still there, but thank God, Jonathan Taylor. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we Mm. took the the running back from Wisconsin, who over over three seasons had over 6,000 yards rushing. Now, one thing my line can do, my offensive line, which that is not the same offensive line Andrew Luck had, but one thing <laughs> we can do now that we have upgraded is what, dear? Y'all can block. We can run block as well. That specifically. I'm going to put Jonathan Taylor behind, behind this massive offensive line, this agile, hungry offensive line, and I'm going to let this boy run wild on this turf. We're going to have a field day with this. Not only that, we still got Marlon Mack. Um, so we're going to pretty much be a run-heavy team. But we got Phillip Rivers, too. So, yeah, there's that. Um, but that was the pick that I considered was the best draft. I mean, that was the best draft pick for my Colts. Um, if you had to grade your Atlanta Falcons, Kales, their draft, what would be the grade that you would give them? I mean... With with the picks that we had, I I give them a, a B. Um, you know I I think like I said that big pickup was definitely on the D line. We definitely needed that. Um, I think our team is already pretty much a good team. We just gotta solidify that defense, and we picked up a safety. So I give them a B for that. Then now don't get me wrong, I do believe the safety needs to be proven. <laughs> Like, I ain't got 100% faith in him like that. Oh, that's Jalen Hawkins. Right. Well. And the safety thing is big because Ricardo Allen, I think, is a good safety. Um, however, Keanu Neal has been hurt two seasons in a row. Two seasons in a row. Ain't no in, And we're not talking about, like, little injuries. No. He tore his ACL, then he turned around towards Achilles. If I remember correctly, two different legs. Two mm-hmm. two different legs. I don't think they were on the same leg, so I think that's two different legs. And by the way, from a guy who had two different leg surgeries, that career ended up being real short. <laughs> now I'm gonna say this um, to to speak on because did you want to throw in something on your? Well, I'm not. I think Mike Graydon, Kel Graydon, a little high to me. I'm not gonna say me. I'm gonna say round C minus C because mind you, they did not get an offensive line. You needed somebody to stand next to next you to You got one. You got a center. You got a center. Right? I, that's okay. But see, he's a later. He's later on because Third right round. now you still got Mac. Third round. But you did not get a guard. You need somebody to stand next to Mac. No, you're right. That's where most of our issues have been. Is up the middle. That's number one. Number two, you did not get an extra running back. I don't 
I mean, I get the fact that you have Edo Smith. I get the fact that you got Ty Gurley. I get the fact that you got a other, you got a couple of other young running backs. Whatever you feel like, hey, maybe they thinking I can get something next year. The biggest non get to me is you did not find you a quarterback. You need a quarterback at least in the next three years. At some point. This was the year to probably try to go. And I said it in the I think I and I, I forget where uh Fromm actually no quarterback on I forget where no. Fromm got drafted, but I said if he's there in the fourth round, you you they could have made a trade to try to get him. They could have got him. You could have found a way to get from or get you a, a late round quarterback or something. You can do right now, you have Matt Ryan. I'm not I'm not high on Matt Ryan. I'm not low on Matt Ryan. I'm in the middle with Matt Ryan. You know, he to me he's 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 good. I don't think he's great, but I damn sure don't think he's bad. Nevertheless, your backup quarterback is Matt Shaw. And behind him, I don't even know. So, what what we supposed to do? Let me let me throw this out there. They came and y'all came with needs at corner, defensive line, linebacker, O line, and a running back. They didn't mention anything about quarterback, but I'm gonna go with you on that, Kills. I mean, uh, Aunt DT. If I can pull one in around the fourth round, I'm gonna take a quarterback. And I know Fromm went at least fourth round. I did. From and Eason. Eason. Now, but we'll pause and come back to that. But anyway. AJ Terrell, as your first pick, he's a smallish cornerback. He's raw. I don't think the Falcons have enough of a coaching staff to really coach him up to be the starting corner opposite uh, Isaiah Oliver, who y'all got from out of Colorado. We'll year. see. I don't know if he's going to – because y'all just uh, – who is y'all let go of? True Font. True Font, that's it. Yeah, so I don't know. At, at 16, that was a great move. I don't I – don't, I have serious doubts about that. Um, I do like the Marlon Davidson move. Hennessy as your third round center. All right, cool. Um, you went and got uh Michael Walker from out of Fresno State. Is he gonna be enough of a helper for um Deion Jones? That's a question mark because you had some other nice linebackers there, running run stopping linebackers there that you bypass to take, for instance, A.J. Terrell in the first round. I don't know what y'all were thinking about with that, but I get it. You had to get a corner. You got desperate. You reached. Mm -hmm. uh, Jalen Hawkins is more of an insurance policy for, like you said. Uh, I think he's an insurance policy for Ricardo, though. No, no. I mean, at that safety, they actually want him to be, because your boy stays hurt. Who? Um, Neil? Yeah, Keanu yeah, but Neil. He's a he, Neil is your strong safety. But they're going to probably put him, from what I'm reading up on Hawkins, he's actually going to probably be special teams for now. Um, And then you went and got a punter. I don't think the hey, Falcons. Hey, hey. Punters are important. I'm telling you right now. Because Matt Ryan doesn't convert their downs. <laughs> no, no. that's that, that ain't the problem. Dude, the punter we had, it literally took him all day to get a punt off. If you go back to the very first game of the season, when Minnesota blocked that punt, I swear, I I promise you, Doc, when, when they hiked the ball, I left and went to the bathroom. Mm. When they came back, when I came back, 
He was just not getting ready to punt the ball. Hey, that's ridiculous. I do want to say this, Georgia. Uh, thank y'all because my coach did pick up Blankenship. He's finally out of uh Georgia at the age of twenty eight. It seemed like he done been there. Twenty eight. It feel like that boy done been there ten years. I'm oh, he's been there for a minute. He been there for a while. He, been there for, <laughs> he, he was trying to. He was going for another degree. We that apparently. I want to say he was there when Purple was a baby. She'll like, be eleven this yeah, year, bro. That's he, all. I'm, that's hey. all I'm saying. Man, he already threw his first contract. <laughs> I'm just <Yeah>. saying. <laughs> I don't know how, but he's, it feel like he done been there for him. They were cheating. Um, that's, that, they if were. I had to be honest, if I have to be honest, I'm going to actually give my my coach, I'm going to be tough on them, and I'm going to say we got a B plus. I'm not going to give us the solid A. You didn't mean. No, 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 because we didn't get a pass rush. We need pass rush. I don't care where you – it, it, it doesn't even have to be in our, in our conference, I mean in our division. But to flat out in the AFC, when you have – a Pat Mahomes out there. I have to have somebody who can get to him. I cannot let him have whatever time he wants. Um, but with that being said, that's my one drawback. And because of that, I'm actually knocking him down a whole letter grade for that because we did not pull one. But you went and got a, a, a tall receiver, a strong receiver, a, a go-getter receiver, and Michael Pittman. Don't know how he lasted to the second round, but he was right there for the first pick. Yeah, well, or excuse me, the second pick of the, uh, the second round. And then, of course, Jonathan Taylor. Julian Blackman, we need we need DB coverage. We need somebody who's going to make plays, somebody who's actually going to make tackles. That's one thing I've always said about my 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 Colts. Defense has never been our strong suit. Uh, one of the most disrespectful things people's ever done is say, you know what, we don't really have to throw the ball against y'all. We can just line up and run at y'all. Y'all ain't going to stop us. So um, when Bob Sanders gave us five years for his career, I don't know how long it was, but it wasn't that long. Uh, he was one of the hardest hitting <laughs> It was one of the hardest hitting people you had out on the field, but of course, because he's so small, he did not last long for us. So we really have needed help because our front seven has been suspect at times. But if you can get to that third level, you can have long runs. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Julian Blackman can feel that in. The steal for me, because yes, we got Philip Rivers. He's thirty-eight, B thirty-nine when the season gets rolling. Um. And we have Jacoby Brissett, but I still don't know how long. There's still a chance New England could swoop in and come grab him. But to bring in Jacob Eason, mm-hmm. to sit behind Phillip Rivers for a year, maybe two, I thought that was a beautiful move um, because for some reason people just let him sit there. To bring Jacob Eason in to sit behind Matt Ryan seems smart. However, your Falcons didn't make that move. I, well, I, I, will, I, I will tell you why with Jacob Eason. Um, Jacob Eason does not, and this goes back. This goes back to college when he was at Georgia. Mm-hmm. He does not have the mentality you want for a leader and for a quarterback. Well, sitting behind Philip Rivers, he'll get it. Maybe that's why they didn't do it in Atlanta because Matt Ryan is not that strong at that. Well, no, Matt Ryan is. That's one thing I will say about Matt Ryan when it comes to his personality. Matt Ryan is a He's very competitive. He wants he wants to win. Mm-hmm. These are the things that he brings to the table. That's that's actually what made Jake Fromm the guy in Georgia. That's what made Jacob Eason leave. Jake Fromm, when Jacob Eason got hurt, Jake Fromm stepped in and he commanded and demanded respect and the best out of those 
other ten guys he looked at. I think at he just got pictures on somebody, like they say. I think he got pictures on somebody. Somebody knows something because there's no reason why he should have remained the starter this year uh, with your kid and, and having him go out to Ohio, Justin Fields, and losing him to Ohio State. That was that was complete. that's true because that goes back anyway. That goes back to LSU man. Nevertheless, when they were <laughs> when when that when them two were together, remember that was Jacob Eason's sophomore year. That was Fromm's freshman year. Right. And I still remember I told people if he goes out to South Bend and he wins in Notre Dame, Jacob Eason will never see the football field as a Georgia yep. Bulldog game. Yep. When he won, that was it. He but, made he made the right plays during his freshman season. And like I said, it was it was his mentality. Jacob Jacob Eason is not that leader that Fromm was. Don't know if he. I don't know if that. That's like a personality thing. I don't know if Rivers would be able to pass that on to him. I, I don't know. I playing up under Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers, who's an outspoken leader, a veteran himself. I think he rubs off on any and everybody he plays with. But again, I'm gonna go back and finish up. Danny Pinter, a guard out of Ball State, uh, that's added aggression on our line. Uh, yeah, to, you, 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 you know, me and me, y'all. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's like uh, a solid A from y'all. <laughs> y'all <laughs> no, did, did a great job. We went to address the defensive line with Rob Windsor out of Penn State. Uh, got a DB out of uh, UMass. Um, matter of fact, we had three consecutive picks in that round. Uh, we got the 211 pick was Isaiah Rodgers out of UMass. Desmond Padman out of uh, Washington State. Wazoo uh, is a receiver who's going to probably be special teams for us. Um and Jordan Glasgow, uh, who's a linebacker out of Michigan. Uh, again, probably another special team. That's something we need to bulk up on because now that's one thing, too. Our special team has never been special on either side, whether it's kicking or receiving. We just, we've never been special. Not a good punter for a good, for a good little while. Yeah, the liquor. Huh? No, yeah, the, 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 not the liquor. No, um, what's my guy? Long haired. Long McAfee. Hair. Pat McAfee. Long, that's my long guy. Long haired fellow. Talks a lot. Yes. Pat McAfee. Yeah. That's my guy, though. But, uh, but no, he he's long gone, man. So, but no, our special teams is gonna get bulked up. Um, we got we got beefed up in the right places. Uh, we we got it added some added power in the backfield. So, but like I said, I'm still just we got to be able to get to that quarterback. You cannot let somebody like uh, what's my guy to go? Pat Mahomes just pick you apart. You can't. No matter how how good you are, if your pass rush ain't there. You gonna get burnt. You gonna hold a man for so like you know you know coach. Come on, but anyway, we are gonna pause right here. We are gonna uh, take a quick break and we'll come back and we're gonna wrap this thing up with a pretty bowl because we still have more NFL draft talk to go. Um, it's U G S K Kels. Yep, yeah. D T. What's up? And the Wolster. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Oh. At this time, we're taking a break from the Underground Sports King show that I do hope you're enjoying to bring you other podcasts that you might be interested in. With that being said, this is a black media movement, so allow me to introduce to you Black With No Chaser podcast that is hosted by TK, Tyrus Kennedy. We also have the Shade and Shit Talking podcast hosted by TK himself as well. Next, we have the Unapologetic Experience hosted by Mr. Jarius Thomas. And Mr. Jarius Thomas and TK, they combine to make the culture sports. That's right, and occasionally if you pay attention and listen closely, occasionally the one and only Wolster might make an appearance. Oh, Lord, what they gonna do with it? Oh, Lord. 
And uh, finally, we have the I Am Woe podcast. All shows are available on all major platforms. Make sure you continue to support the black media movement as we continue to support and bless you. Thank you. We love you. Hello world, we are back for the third and final segment of the Underground Sports Kings. Once again, the Wolster is here hosting UGSK on Anchor, amongst other podcast platforms. Take your pick. Make sure you like, share, follow, share. Uh, did I say share? Make sure you do that. And then share it again. Right. DT. Yes, sir. Kale. What up? Make sure your people share. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we got to get it out here, man. The Underground Sports King, we're doing something different, man. We're trying to give it to you real, raw, barbershop talk. But you know what? We're trying to make what everybody can be included, man. Even your kids can sit down and learn a thing or two, man. This is where nobody's excluded. Everybody's included. Your opinion matters, and hopefully you're hearing ours instead of being stubborn and hard at everybody. Skill, don't do that, Skill. <laughs> that being said, man, we got to wrap up this NFL draft recap. So, uh, DT, I want to hear your winner. For the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, my winner is actually Yeltsin. Yeah, I think they did. He said that because you know, you know, he kind of like me. You know, when people really look at the team like that, like, nah, man, they're not good. Cause, you know, he performed under pressure. But I think they did a really good job in terms of addressing their needs because of the defense that they play. You know, everybody, everybody wants somebody that they can go hit the quarterback. Everybody wants a, a, a good defensive end, a good defensive tackle, or something like that. Everybody would love that that shutdown corner and that one knock you back into next week type safety. But those kind of guys don't come around a whole lot, man. So in the grand scheme of things, the way that that defense is set up, you know, it's certain things you know they feel like they just don't need. But again, you get you got this great offensive line. You put Jonathan Taylor behind him. Watched his tape in Wisconsin. This dude is the truth. Like, up until the Ohio State game, he probably was front runner for uh Highland Football last year. Guaranteed. He could have done it against Ohio State. So, and then you go look terrible. Then you go get you a lot of receiver, but even even for the Colts, really, it's it's everything. Including the draft, because prior to that, you get you a go a, a really hard nosed quarterback in Philip Rivers. I might not like his throwing motion, but getting still the dude the dude is a winner. He he really is. He he he's that competitive. He had, he has that fire. That's the most important part of being an athlete is showing that you want to win. So. I say y'all did. I say the Colts man had it had a great draft. I say you was a little hard on me. I'ma say an A minus really for they draft. Kills, who you got, man? Whoo, man, it was tough. Uh, and I'm it's gonna be odd. I'm about to tell you this, but uh, I got Baltimore Ravens and the Redskins. The Redskins, yes. Now this is the thing. All right, first of all, we said Washington around here. I'm say that uh, other word. Biggers. Yeah, Vegas. <laughs> I'm sorry. My bad. Washington. Washington. But I'm going to go with Washington, man. They I, they had fewer picks. 
and I'm looking at it from the standpoint of it's going to be a, the X factor is the quarterback position, right? What do you actually get out of either Kyle Anderson or um, my guy? Uh, I can't even think of his name now. The, the young quarterback they drafted last. <laughs> Oh, from, uh, from Ohio State. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 the big thing. But what I will say, I mean, I think they got a real good pick, obviously, in um Chase Young, man, the defensive end. That helps your defensive line, man, getting after the quarterback. And then I think a couple of sleepers that that they kind of went under the radar, man. Um, Antonio Gibson, the Memphis running back, liked him, pretty shifty, like man, him. quick guy, man. I liked him. How did y'all not get young either? Go ahead. <laughs> the wide receiver, man. Antonio Gandy Golden. Like, I think that's it. If the quarterback situation proves to be well, he's going to be a big target and an important target to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they also address, like I said, they got some line, like Keith Ishmael. They got another linebacker, Khalid Hudson. And then they have um, the strong safety, Carmen Curl. So I think a lot of those players, like, the expectation for Washington. Isn't that big, but they got a lot to grow from. You know what, bro? Not to mention they're in the NFC East. Yeah, it helps too. And anybody can win. <laughs> exactly. Any anybody. It's a coin toss there. I, I who mean, wants to win today? Now, if you wanted to go based off of who did more with, with the least, uh, you actually could take right here with this Arizona Cardinals. Um, they had five picks. No, I'm sorry, six picks. Two of them went in the fourth round. Uh, but they did not have a second or a fifth round pick. Um, and for them to go and address their two biggest issues for uh, Arizona would be their defense and their offensive line. And they went and did exactly that, especially with that fourth round. They went uh, 4 2 out of uh, Utah and Rashard Lawrence out of LSU. That was two big picks in the fourth round. But they had a total of six picks for the entire draft. But that was not my winner. Uh, I'm going to adjust on the fly. Because you did pick Baltimore. No, I'm not. I'm actually stick with you on right. that. Simply because who did the most with what they had. Um, That's because they had so much. They didn't have But they didn't pick. Again, people, pay attention. Baltimore did not pick until the 28th pick in the first round. And they still managed to fill the hole that they had in linebacker by picking up Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU. How in the world? I don't know. But Baltimore always seems to do this. They always seem to find a way to 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 get just what they need at the draft. Right. Yeah, you're right. Good um, management. They picked up another running back, J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. Running back, Taylor boy. Running back, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I keep naming these running backs that the Falcons didn't draft. I don't know why, but anyway. Um, the third round is where they just flat out showed they behind. Um, That's probably because they had four picks. I'm going to call him Mad Buick. But uh, they, they picked up the big boy out of Texas A&M. Uh, then they got David uh, Devin DeVerne out of Texas. They got So you got a receiver. I think Lamar is actually going to come back a, a, a somewhat better polished uh, passer this year. <coughs> Excuse me. Because I know he took quite a beating. I mean, we saw him make a lot of plays, but at the same time... You don't want your quarterback. You are not... We don't want to turn you into RG3. You have RG3 out there already. And he's sitting there with a clipboard. I don't want to turn this kid into that. Um, Malik Harrison, a linebacker out of Ohio State, and Tyree Phillips, the offensive guard out of Mississippi State. All of that happened in the third round. They had four picks in one round. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
and still went to work for fifth, sixth, and seventh round. Added more beef to the line with the offensive guard out of Michigan. Added some more beef to the defensive line with Roger Washington out of Texas Tech. Oh, they had nine picks total? Man, look, what's this? Four, eight, nine, ten. Ten picks total. Ten picks. That wasn't. But they made every last one of them count because all of their needs coming into the draft, they actually met with every pick. Yeah. And then got a backup for it, basically. Um, but I like what Baltimore did. They don't go out for the biggest name. They go out for who's the most effective at their position or who can contribute. Because, um, again, like I said about the kid from uh, out of Clemson, I'm not knocking him like he's not bad. But for the number 16 pick in the first round, he was not worth that pick. You got to go and you got to get what best fits your team and who fits it best. I, I don't think that that kid was that uh, thrill. But b- for Baltimore, it's unquestionable, man. I'm still just sitting because I know it was day two, round two, and I'm like, you had Swift, you got Dobbins, and you had Jonathan Taylor sitting there. Uh, that's just three of the top backs right there. Cam Akers there again. You had four running backs sitting there. Falcons didn't make not one move forward. But not even that. I'm not even going to harp on them. Here's the thing. We're going to come back around because I do want to start with you. Um, Losers. Well, uh, I feel like this was a setup for, it's really been set up for them to be losers like this for the last three years. Or two years, I think it was. Um, A couple years ago. Um, mind you, the three people on the, there's three people on this panel. Two of us, in terms of college football, are Florida State fans. The other one, he don't even matter. Nevertheless, wow, uh, <laughs> well, we doing better though. I nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, when Green Bay picked, I think it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was the second round. I think it was the beginning of the second. No, it was the end of the first round. Mind you, at this time, Green Bay had just <laughs> finished their season with. Ty Montgomery, I believe, as their running back. Right. Ty Montgomery is a wide receiver. (laughs) So you go into the draft, right when you, and when I see their name coming up, I'm like, oh, Lord, they're going to get him. They are going to get him. I just knew, here we go. I'm thinking, as soon as Commissioner walked to the podium, and with the, I think it was 28th or 29th, something like that, pick, Green Bay selects Dalvin Cook. I know it's coming. No, no, no. They get somebody else. I'm like, okay, somebody just messed that draft up. <laughs> this year, I don't know what somebody, like the person running Green Bay draft has to be drunk. Like, I, so he, he got to be drunk on drugs or something. There was something wrong with this draft pick. <laughs> there was something wrong with their draft altogether. Like, it's almost like they were putting names in a hat and saying, "Hey, it, who picking? What? Get, pull, get the hat. Pull the name out. Who? Who we got? That, we, that's who you got. Did y'all call him yet? You got his number. We got to find his phone number. So, hey, call him. Did y'all interview this dude? Like, what? I I do not understand what went on at at this point. Like, dude, Green Bay drafted a quarterback. What first, second round, and I'm sorry. Is Aaron Rodgers going to leave? What? <laughs> you going to go draft a 
Dude, nobody drafts a first round. Nobody drafts a quarterback in the first round for him to sit behind somebody, especially for more than two years. Are you telling me Aaron Rodgers is done in two years? Because if he is, well, black and red looks good on damn near everybody. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna get it, but I'm gonna put you on pause, Kale. Who's your loser, man? I'm right there with DT, man. Oh my god! Hey, I I just feel like Aaron Rodgers has been the face of that franchise for the last decade or so, right? And yet, they need a playmaker, somebody that he can throw the ball to. <laughs> it's sabotage. Um, I'm telling you, it's sabotage. <laughs> and they just they just didn't get it done. Like, they, don't get me wrong. They address some of the other. They got some offensive tackles, you know. Like they got an offensive line. They got a little help in the defense, but they didn't address the playmaking issue. You know, you got a playmaker in your quarterback, but he got to put the hands, put the ball in the hands of a playmaker. Of somebody, you know. Somebody. <laughs> All right. Let me. Let me. Let me do. Let me jump in here because uh, we're gonna make this thing unanimous. Um. Well, as Trey say synonymous. We're going to make you unanimous on this one. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers had the worst. And I think NFL, because I, I see NFL ranked them as a D. I think they were being nice. Somebody uh, was drunk when they did that. Because let me go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and, and address the elephant in the room. Um, because, yes, the first round, the 26th pick, Aaron Rodgers was what? In the NFC Championship last year, mm-hmm. and he got spanked. He got spanked, but either he made it or he was a game. But either way, he had Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison, and what's left of Jimmy Graham mm-hmm. and Aaron Jones as a running back. And mind you, Devontae Adams was just coming off injury, really, like weeks right. before. Devontae Adams is a stud. Jimmy Graham is gone. Again, because all Jimmy they had... Jimmy ain't been right since New Orleans. Thank you. Because all they had was a shell of him. So, it really wasn't like they lost much. Which means Drew Brees. Which means they didn't have much either as well. Um, You're not going to keep throwing it out there like I'm not going to tap it. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, can, I can knock that down real quick. But anyway, um, Geronimo Allison is gone. He is in Detroit. You don't have anybody besides Devontae Adams who Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball to. And you would think... And a draft this deep with receiver talent. Because, yes. again, we picked up Pittman in the second round. T. Higgins is still there in the first Dude, round. He was Plenty. the first receiver to come off the board in the second round. And T. Higgins, what, 6'4"? 6'5"? They, they took Jordan Love out of Utah State. And I hope people – and people are trying to compare this to uh, the Rodgers to Far. If you really, truly believe that Jordan Love is going to be the next Aaron Rodgers – I want to know what you're smoking, and I need some of that ASAP. Because how long? And I don't mean to cut you off, but very, very easy question with that. How long did did Brett Favre last after they picked? Aaron I think Rogers? he played till he was what thirty forty. So I mean, like he was thirty five when they drafted Rodgers. Okay, so, so how played, many good years did Aaron did did Aaron set did Drew years did Drew Brees? Him. Not I'm sorry, not Drew Brees, but Brett how many Favre. did Brett Favre? How many good years did Brett Favre have? Now mind you. He only had one good year in Minnesota. I only remember one good year. Well, that's because he, he did not have. Beaten. 
He took that beat. Yeah, because New Orleans was they, sending <laughs> bounties out on people. I get that. Yeah. Nevertheless, he wasn't have. good in 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 uh, Jersey, Jersey at Jets. all. But he had one good year in, in in Minnesota. I really truly believe he hadn't taken that beat, and he still could have done more with that. Okay, so when but he still it, played two years in Green Bay. When but they how many of right? those years were good? Were good? Yes. What terrible? That's why I'm. That's why I say I I really believe in terms of Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Dude, I'm looking at this like they're doing him like they did Brett Favre. Yeah, it's almost like sabotage. I'm, I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Brett Favre though. Brett Favre kept playing the yo-yo strain. I might retire. I might not. That's now true. Aaron Rodgers only made this one statement. He made it one statement, one statement only. But he said, "Hey, look, I'm on the back nine in my career." That's all he said. That doesn't mean that the game is over. Right. I still got holes left to play. You feel me? Yeah, nine of them. <laughs> Like, he's 35. He'll be 36. I think, what is it? December? He'll be, th- but he's 35 right now. He still has, to me, if he's, if he's actually made it known he wanted to play the 40. So you still, at the peak of your game, three to five years. The okay? dude still has a cannon. Like, yes, we, he does. We cannot, we, he, he still got a cannon. He's still a very smart guy. He throws the ball from right. all different but angles. Sabotage. I ain't addressed the elephant in the room yet. With the next pick, they went and got, Battering Ram, two hundred and almost fifty pound running back out of Boston College, AJ Dillon. As if you didn't just have uh, Aaron Jones come off for over a thousand yards last year, Russia. Now, here's the thing: I said it's good to get a back to kind of complement each other, but I don't know if I would have took one in the second round, um, unless you had, I don't know, DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor sitting. AJ Dillon, no, um, but. <laughs> Aaron Jones is on the last year of his rookie deal. So he's going to come back and going to ask for more money because every year he has gotten better, especially with what he did this past year. So if he comes back on the last year of his rookie deal and he outperforms last season, he has the right to ask for more money. However, you say, well, we got a guy we can hand the ball. If you have a Jonathan Taylor who you have no problem saying, here, take the rock because this guy wants too much money. All right, I'll play with fire on that. I'll let Aaron Jones go if I have a Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift right. or a Cam uh, Akers sitting right there. I'm cool with that. A.J. Dillon, that battering ram only goes one way. That's not going to help Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Catch out the backfield. This is not going to help him. No, you're right. All right? So you went out there and you got him, which I just thought was you blindsided. So then you got this guy, uh, Josiah DeGuara out of Cincinnati. Third round. That's the best you could do as far as helping Aaron Rodgers? That was it right there. That was it. All right, let's address the defense. We're going to go get Kamal Martin out of Minnesota. Fifth round. You didn't have a fourth round pick. Sixth round, you took three people. Offensive guard, center, offensive guard. Now, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and you want to get me some help on this offensive line, I don't think early. I don't want your talent from the sixth round. I don't want fifth round. No. Thank you. Yeah. I do not want fifth round. No, talent no, sixth round. I don't. Yeah. I don't I want that to protect six. my <laughs> to protect my body. No, I want first round, second round, SEC no. type <laughs> or SEC or Big Ten Wisconsin well, type. That run, I want that dude. Runyon out of Michigan, Hanson out of Oregon, and uh, Stepney out out of Indiana. Hope I step a step a. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If they in the sixth Stop round, though, that's how I'm saying. If they in the sixth round, though, 
No, you're right. No, no. Six-round talent is not who I want to put up in. Those no. are people who want to be practice squad and linemen. Right. They Again, they, so to what did you do for a position? to help Aaron Rodgers? Nothing. 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 I think the Green Bay Nothing. Packers, Nothing. Yeah. Sabotage is the, is yeah. the most yeah. accurate word Very right much. there. Very much. Um, but you, your two most solid spots is your quarterback and your running back. And with your first two picks in the draft, I'm going to draft a quarterback yeah. and a running back. Now, mind you, I feel like this was – this has been in – I feel like it's been in play ever for a couple of years. If you go back and look at the third quarter score of the Falcons-Green Bay NFC Championship game, the year Falcons go to the Super Bowl – we're not talking about what happened. We just talk about that particular game. It's thirty-one to ten in like the the in the in the third quarter. Thirty-one to ten, and mind you, look at the people that was there. Jordan Nelson, where's he? Gone. Oh. Uh, uh, the the uh, the other wide receiver that they had, uh, like James. that, huh? Greg Jennings. Where he at? Five retired. Yeah. Gone. Uh, the 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 entire wide receiver. They, they, yeah, they All of them, gone. they gone. What's name gone? They gone. You have done nothing to help this man. And and let's be, when we say nothing, we mean nothing. Nothing. The last nothing. offensive player the Green Bay Packers drafted in the first round of the NFL draft was who, fellas? I don't know who. Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, that's my. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers was the last offensive player the Packers have ever drafted in the first round. Yeah. 15 years, 2005. Well, you know what? I'm going to say this. That's not good. That's not good. Like, and he made it on. I wanted I wanted them to draft some talent in that first round. They did draft some talent Offense. of some sort. No, he's not going to play. That dude's not going to play this year. He's not going to play. He's Even if he's a replacement for he's not going to play this year. But then... Roger said what he said what was so disrespectful for them. Not only did they not do that, the Packers responded by trading up to draft his eventual replacement. That is the injury insult. Yeah. Insult to injury. Nah, that's that's slap in the face. That's that's that is I can't use the term, but that's what it is. Like that's a big one to you. Like you and your feelings. So what? I, I don't understand. Um, I don't could have had better picks, no doubt about it. Especially at, at the high level picks that they had at, at first and second round. The third round, I feel like third round, really, we could have got a wide receiver instead of a tight end. Um, I feel like Josiah would have been there. Um, truth be told, I think Jordan Love would at least, I don't know if he would make it 62. <laughs> but <laughs> this, honestly, I'm going to tell you what this reminds me of. And I, I remember when this happened. If you go back a couple years ago when Saquon Barkley is coming out, mm-hmm. you have you got uh uh you got the Browns, you got the first got the first pick, and then they got like number four, number five, or something like that. And I remember saying, dude, you are not gonna get me to believe that people were that big on Mayfield, that you had to get him number one. Like he wasn't gonna be there at five or six or whatever it was. Because the other three quarterbacks at the time, I'm like, they were they were bigger. They were going, people were going to draft them. Just imagine, had they got Saquon and then turned around and got Mayfield, dude. All right, let me let me go ahead and be honest with you. I'm looking at the second round. Oh, I'm looking at the second round. And um, 
What I'm looking at in the second round alone, they could have found a way to move up. They moved up for what? For the, for Watch this. They could have found a way to move up. And in that second round, the Raiders selected Lynn Bowen out of Kentucky. Now, I don't know how familiar y'all are with that name. Hey. I'm definitely familiar with that case. Do, uh, and that boy can just flat out ball. Yeah. He um the the most versatile play the only other most versatile player or the person I would uh compare him to is the cat out of Clemson that played every defensive position that Clemson had. But I know this guy he played he played quarterback, he played running back, he was uh he did a kick he did kick return. Um, he played wide receiver, I think. So he literally played all your skill positions. When I saw that pick, I was like, "That's a that's a good pick." He's a, you know, he can do a lot of stuff. I have never seen so much disrespect because the Packers went out of their way to make sure they did nothing. To yeah, yeah. they did something. They did nothing. They got. They did nothing to, to help Aaron to Rodgers. improve their offense. They did nothing. I mean, hopefully what they're looking for is they found another sleeper. Like, they found, you know. No. You know, I'm trying to make an excuse for it. Only way Love is going to show that he's worth something if Rodgers, and God forbid, goes out and breaks his uh, collarbone again. What time? And, of course, that kid in. But he can't show that he's worth nothing. He ain't got nobody to throw the ball to. That's true. (laughs) Period. Yeah. Like, because, again, because he does not have any help, you can't, like, Aaron Rodgers could have all season this year, and we could literally be looking at like, well, what did y'all expect? Like, what was he? What was he supposed? Well, to this do? is the they're not gonna do that, and this is what I one thing I will say is I couldn't stand Skip Bayless for doing that, but he wanted to talk about the amount of throwaways Rodgers had is constantly going up. He has nobody to throw the ball to. If you ain't got and nobody to get open. <laughs> these interceptions out here, force these throws or get hit. What are you supposed to do as a quarterback? Throw the ball away. Plain and simple. But they don't want to do that. They want to. He he's so hell bent on trying to prove that Aaron Rodgers is now on the downside of his career. He's not who he used to be, and he's not. You he, don't know who he, he is. is. Not he is not on. I. You're not gonna get me to believe this dude is on the downside of his career when I'm looking. I'm right now. I'm literally looking at two uh, quarterbacks in the NFC South that are over forty, and that are still playing well. Oh my God. He's thirty six, dude. He's thirty six. Not not yet. Not even th- right. Not even thirty six yet. So I'm I'm guaranteeing if he wants to play, he got at least five. He got he got at the bare, at the bare minimum, minus any major injuries, at the bare minimum, he got five years. That's where they picked. They picked thirtieth in the second round, and they took uh, Deguara, the tight end. Two picks before that was Deverney out of Texas, the wide receiver. And then, like I said, up uh, before that. At the oh my god, the Raiders took two receivers back to back at sixteen and seventeen. But even then, like I said, the thing you want to move up—that's where you move up. But that I feel like they didn't really have to. If your if your first, the very first pick of the second round is who a receiver? Yeah, for T Higgins. If you get picked, could have took him. If, thank you. If you get picked, the very first pick of the first round, bro. That means to me. You could have went late first round. 
Anyway, we're going to pause here because I, I can't keep doing this with uh, the sire pack. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> fellas, post-draft, Andy Dalton was, re- was released by the Bengals. There are a few opening spots left um, who need starters. You got Washington. You got Jacksonville. You got... Um, you could possibly say the Chargers. Yeah. You could possibly, the no, they just drafted. They got the number six pick. Um, or you still could bring Andy Dalton in and, and, and have him sit behind him. Like that. Yeah. But um, you got the Patriots. You don't know if uh, Stidham is going to be that guy. Um, but anyway, there are a few spots out there. Where do you think Andy Dalton ends up? Best case scenario, right? I think when you look at it, and and, and really it's going to depend on the coach, but I think the Redskins is probably the best place for them if you think about it. You got Kyle Allen, who we all know is a decent backup, but we definitely know he's not a starter. And then, you know. He did all right under Ron Rivera, but not Ron Rivera's. In Washington with him, um, they, they put some weapons out there. Which they, they actually have a nice little core out there. Um, but I think everybody's good when you don't have any tape on. Nobody's off. Oh, most definitely. Nobody's off Kyle Allen coming. So can he do it again in year two? Nah. And he only did it for the first half of the season, really. I mean, the first. Oh, man. Seven, after that, he kind of just kind of started. Because everybody knew what it was. Christian yeah. McCaffrey's going to carry this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, after all, I think we had four interceptions on him. And I think we only had six the entire uh, season. But you think he might end up in Washington? Yeah. What about you? I actually can, I can until proven otherwise, at least. I can see him going to possibly New England. Um, I know Bill Belichick is, you know, he's not going to tell you anything. He ain't going to guarantee you nothing. Like, like I, I, I've said this before, until – far as we know, man, the way he looked, Bill Belichick might be constipated. We just don't know. Like, I mean, he his face never changes. He, everything everything is, you know, on to the next on to the next game. Like, he, that's his mentality is, I'm never going to let you know anything. He could probably be talking to Andy Dalton saying, you know, well, you know, well, you can come here and compete and we'll see. But hang, hang up the phone and be like, yes, something to get Andy Dalton. I got somebody who can throw the ball. We don't, so we just don't know. Like, you know that's that's his that's his mindset. So I I, I could see him possibly going to uh you know New England because New England it's not like New England never they're never in a you know re, it never seems like they're in a rebuilding year. So I'm not gonna say that. Um, I don't really think there's a win win situation for Andy Dalton because we don't know who Andy Dalton is. We've seen who he is without AJ Green. Right. So that tells me, yeah, but he's still way better with him than when he was without him. Right, which tells me Andy Dalton is no Tom Brady. He needs a high-profile receiver, and New England's not gonna have that. Right. Um, I think Jacksonville just cut ties with uh, Marquise Lee, so your options are limited. I mean, Washington might have the best set. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he's going to go to to, to the Chargers and uh, try to win that job out, but I don't really think they're in the market with the fact that they took quarterback to six five. So, 
I'm hearing word is going to be Jacksonville. Do I think that's going to be the best bet for him? I don't think it matters at this point. I don't point. think it's fair. Because uh, Mustache did a good job. Minshew? Mustache did a good job. Yeah, Mississippi in it. But anyway, <laughs> um, last topic, man, and we're going to wrap this up. But I wanted to do this College Park song. Cam Newton. Hey, Is still unsigned. Um, draft is over. Future quarterbacks have been drafted. Uh, quarterback shuffle in, in free agency is taking place. Where's Cam Newton left to go? Man, I, I honestly, I I can't think of anywhere just because I said this last year. Um, if you look at Cam Newton, you look at his throwing motion, Cam Newton looked like he was hurt. Yeah. Um, but he, he came down to his foot and his shoulder. Yeah. And, and he's had surgery on both. So now it's about reconstructing his, his entire throwing motion. Now, yes, we saw you know, images or video of him working out, listening to gospel music, shout out, do your thing, bro. I get that, but nobody ever, nobody ever questioned the physical specimen saw, that you are. I saw the throwing. He got the arm. Well, I mean, but he, he's always yeah. had, he always has, he's always had an arm. But he's always accuracy, been, he's always been big and strong. Marcus Russell had an arm. Right. Physically, <laughs> he, he got everything. But his accuracy is the is the issue. It's the footwork. It's the five step drop, seven step drop, three step drop, quick throws, long throws. It's is touch on the ball. It, it comes down to all these small little nitpicky, quite somewhat nitpicky type things that he has to improve on. You, the videos of you working out, man, is is nice. But and I think that's the toughest part for him is the fact that he can't go in and see anybody. You know, because yeah. of uh, the pandemic virus we're dealing with right now, the global pandemic virus, he can't go and, and, and sit down with a management staff or, you know, uh, just a front office and pitch himself and then go and work out in front, in front of them to show what he can do. So everything has to be, you know, based off tape. But if that's the case, then Tua wouldn't have gone well, to the Miami Dolphins at five because he coming off a hip surgery. You know the messed so, up the messed up part about this. Now I'll let you have it, Kells, is the two people that we we talking about two people, right? right. We talking about Andy Dalton. We talking about Cam, Cam Newton, Newton, right? Now the thing is, regardless of what you think Cam Newton is, Andy Dalton ain't too much damn better. So we're not gonna act like we comparing you know apples and oranges. No, bro, these are red and green apples. Both of them apples is different, just different colors. That's literally what it is. However. Andy Dalton is going to be able to go somewhere and fight for a starting position. The best I bet Cam Newton is probably going to be able to do is be a backup. I wonder why. Until, go ahead. Well, because between the two of them, only one of them is coming off a major surgery. In two. Andy was major. hurt, wasn't he? No. Oh, he just that sucked that he wasn't playing? He didn't have AJ last year. AJ was hurt. <laughs> He's had some injuries. That's I, I thought he was hurt. I rarely saw him. Nah, AJ was the one hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Where you think he going, man? It's really tough to call it. I'm going to be honest. At first, before the draft, and I thought maybe there was a good chance he might end up in San Diego, you know, with the Chargers or something like that. But uh, as I've been watching it play out, it, it do sound like he might get a backup. It might sound like he might. It. Let's say the season starts on time and everything, you know, goes well with the NFL season. Through this pandemic, you know, it's a possibility he might not even 
start the season with a job. That's true. You know, I I'm, might start I'm the season. Go ahead and jump in that line and say I I think if he if he actually is comfortable waiting it out, waiting for the right situation, but because to be honest with you, he got messed over too because uh, he didn't get released until all the top free agency jobs were filled, were filled. Right. I think Carolina they owed him better than that. They were trying to get somebody to trade. That that still Cam is giving you too much for y'all to wait till everything is filled up and now. Well, and man's a former MVP. Right. And now here's the deal though is is um. So he's I, I think he doesn't have to rush back if he's comfortable being patient. Right. I said I said this yeah but I'm gonna say I'm gonna. Quote something I heard that kind of irritated my boy. It irritated my soul. Love, speak for yourself. I don't like Jason Whitlock. Never have, never will. Probably. I do respect what he's doing over at Fox. I do like the fact that he has created a predominantly black panel um, for himself and former NFL players and other analysts to come on and you know speak they they minds and their truth. Speak for yourself. Um, however. He actually looked in the camera and he said, I can't believe if Cam actually sits out that there's a chance that somebody with such significant talent is not going to be in the NFL. That He said, that just doesn't sit well with me. Well, it's this dude, um, I, you know, we might remember him. He went to the Super Bowl and then, you know, they'll get, get him drug and then he brought them back. And had a chance to win at the end of the game. Um, he's sitting there home without a job, and he he didn't do nothing but um 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 take a damn knee. Yeah, that 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 one, that one right there, cap. Um, again, come down to choice. Um, but I, I was blown away by that because all this dude has ever done is he's ridden Colin Kaepernick into the ground. He's crapped all over this man's accomplishments. Criticizing for this, that, the third. Cam Newton, I love Cam, but at the same time, his professional career ever since he won the MVP has gone downward. He hasn't been healthy. He hasn't had the best receiving core. He's never really had a strong receiving core ever since Steve Smith left. Right. Um, but he, you've given him big, tall receivers to fit his stature, but at the same time, they're not gifted receivers. They didn't, they didn't give, they didn't work Benjamin the way they should have though. They didn't really, they didn't give him the the uh, really give him a chance and put the coaching around him. Benjamin did he, that to himself. He yeah. been good. Benjamin yeah. was out of shape, big as a house, at one point pushing three hundred pounds as a receiver, loving the money, the professional <laughs> life. He wasn't pushing Each no, no three hundred pounds. Benjamin himself, right now, naturally is what six five or six 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 six. 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 I want to say he's two hundred. If his like natural state pushing, six, he's two seven. at his natural state. He's two forty five, two fifty. He was out of shape because he got hurt, and he was—I think want to say he was pushing between two eighty, two ninety, but he was close to three hundred. I don't think he was yeah. that man. No, he uh. no, he had to work himself back in shape, but it was too late. But they had man, they had him. They had and he uh, was terrible. Brand, is, is it Brandon LaFell? Uh, LaFell was LaFell yeah. didn't do that much when he was there though. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I I, I feel like no, was it Devin Funches? Wasn't that good? No, yeah, Funches. Like the best thing he had going was Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. And now that's over with. So again, um, I Sabotage. get it, but I'm not, you're not going to sit here and let's lift Cam up 
but we're going to crap on Cap. And between the two of them, yeah, Cam has the the uh, the suit, the MVP, and he's been to a Super Bowl as well. But Cap did that twice. Yeah. Let's be frank, though. Your man ain't really lift Cam up neither, though. I mean, he ain't really. He, well, what he what he said, which he's not talking it bothers about me as well, is to say somebody with that kind of talent. That kind of talent was sitting okay. there, but you watching these boobies. Are we really finna sit here at like, are we gonna sit here at like the Pittsburgh? When healthy, because mind you, pe- people fail to realize this. When it came to Cap, Cap came back into the se- the season that he played before he before he no longer had a job. He could not work out that all season. He was coming off a shoulder injury. He so he came he came into that into that season. If you actually looked at him, he looked like half himself. He was frail. He had just started going man. vegan as well. Exactly. So he hadn't put any of the weight back and on. And coming from a person who went Presbyterian, it is very hard once you once you change your diet like that. To find out what you should be eating, looking to eat, what helps you with your metabolism, what helps you put on weight, what helps you put on muscle. All that kind of stuff is hard to do. It takes time for you to do it and it takes time for your body to adjust to it because you went how many years eating certain things. I don't care even if you was on a good diet. It takes time for your body to adjust and say, okay. All right, so now we we doing this now. Okay, so I can, I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna save this. This is my protein. This is my energy. Okay, all right, I got you. Now we now we gonna adjust to it. Anyway, man, we gotta stop right here, uh, fellas. This was fun. Um, I'm glad we was able to do this. I really hope everybody tuning in is enjoying what we got going on here. You definitely want to stay with us. Uh, again, the Underground Sports Kings comes out to you every Saturday. You can find us on Anchor. You can definitely find us on Spotify. Um, and I believe we're on Google Podcasts now as well. But we're moving up, man. I just make sure you continue to share, share, share. DT, appreciate you being here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Kels, coming through like always. Appreciate it, man. Rose Mo, come back. You ain't fired. We we know what you said about I didn't fire you, man. Not, come on, man. Come on. Not, not, boy, I swear for Lord. Anyway. I can't get that boy to act right for nothing with that dog on magic. Top five ain't. Hey, anyway, um, we're not gonna do this. Yo, before we go, uh last, last note, man, I just want to say this. Um, you know, again, this panel, man, is set up. It's the three of us that are here, we are Laker fans. And with that being said, we all know, you know, Kobe Bryant passed away. Today happens to be Gigi's birthday. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh what they what what, what was the saying for her? Uh my, uh Mamba, Mama Sita, Mama Sita, um, in heaven, baby girl, happy birthday. Um, trust me, from someone who knows about the maid hoops and stuff like that, you are truly missed down here. And I can only, I, I, I'm sorry, I cannot imagine how your family feels. But happy, happy born day to you, Queen. And you know what, bro? Because before we even come back round, we don't know what schedule gonna be like and everything, man. But we want to wish you a happy birthday, Kales. Yeah, Five six coming around, man. So you know, I know that's gonna be before show come back around, but you know, want to make sure we go ahead and give you yours while we out here, man. So we just want to say love you, man. Be blessed, bro. And uh, to all those, you got any words for them? Hey, man, stay quarantined. That <laughs> wash your hands. Don't got- care what what. Yeah, we, uh, okay. And Atlanta, go holler at Cam, man. We need a backup. 
Ain't gonna do it. They ain't gonna do it. <laughs> ain't gonna do it. Ain't gonna do it. Ain't gonna do it. All right, man. Love y'all. UGSK. We out. Easy. Be easy, bro.